Today's sermon text comes from 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 34 through 37. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37. Hear now the inspired words of God. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Every morning, as the sun rises, the giant comes. The giant, towering Philistine in his gleaming armor, he comes to taunt them. The giant shouts out to Israel's army, daring them to send a champion to face him. Every morning, the giant mocks them as cowards. Every morning, the giant dares them to send someone. Every morning, the giant screams that God is nothing, that God's people are nothing. The soldiers of Israel They've never faced anything like this before. They look at their king. They look at their leaders. They look at the ground. They have weapons, sure. But the giant's weapons. They have training, yeah, but the giant's training is elite. They're strong, but the giant, so much stronger. And he's calling for a champion, so that means that not only if they go, they're going to be walking into the jaws of certain death, but if they lose, which they would be bound to, The entire army loses. They all become slaves of the Philistines. The country is defeated. Their families perish. These men, these soldiers, they walk into battle. They risk their lives all the time. But to do this, nobody wants to be the one to lose this battle and forfeit everything. Be responsible for the destruction of the whole country, the army, their families, everything. No. No. They can't do it. So morning after morning, the giant comes. And Israel does nothing. Until finally this one morning, they hear what they had been longing to hear, but what they had been dreading to hear, someone has said yes. Who? Oh. Oh, no. This is, 
this is really bad. This is not salvation. This is doom because this is somebody's kid brother. This is a teen, maybe, who oh, he smells like sheep. This is some shepherd kid. This, this is never, no, stop. This is never going to work. But here's this teen. David is his name. He's standing straight, and as the giant is challenging, he's saying, I'll fight you. I'll go. I'll be Israel's champion. And he does. And he wins. Little David against giant Goliath, he wins. And this is the story, the beginning of the story of Israel's greatest king. So here's the question that I love to ask. How is it that David moved forward when every soldier on that battlefield stepped back? What is it that allowed David to face the giant when no adult there could? We've been talking about our spiritual compasses, right? How we hear God's voice. And if you forget what, what the points of the compass are, they're in your study guide. So we start off and we've talked about scripture. So David would have known scripture, right? He would have known the story of God, that God moves in these amazing ways and God's deliverance is incredible. And we talked about how that's for us in, in the spiritual realm. That's what pulls our needle. So that's the most important thing. David would have known that. He would have known the witnesses from the past. He would have known that Moses faced Pharaoh, that Joshua faced down the, the enemies of Israel as they took the land. He would have known of all these greats in history. He would have had his intellect to say, okay, the creator of the universe is stronger than a creation, no matter how strong that man is. Right? God is stronger. So scripture and intellect and witnesses, David would have had all those points on the compass. But here's the thing. So did the soldiers. Right? They knew the story of God's salvation. They knew in their heads that God is stronger than this Philistine giant. And, and they knew about Moses and they knew about Joshua. So there's one more thing that David, one more point on that compass that David used that the soldiers didn't. Experience. Experience is what he had and what he listened to that stirred up all those things in his heart, brought them together, and compelled him to rush forward when everybody else rushed back. And the king at the time, Saul, who was also cowering and not facing, he should have actually been the champion if you think about it, Saul. Saul says to David, look, you are a kid, so what makes you think, like how are you hearing from God that you can do this? And David says, it's experience. And he talks about his experiences not as a soldier, not facing other giants, but his experiences as a shepherd. He says, I've been a shepherd. I take care of sheep and goats. This does not sound like a promising start, does it, right? But then he says, sometimes a bear will come. Sometimes a lion God's given me victory over those, and so God will help me defeat this. Lion, God was with me. Bear, God was with me. Giant, God will be with me. 
David is drawing on his experiences of God working in his past. Not only is God great in history, David says, and I know God's powerful and God has worked in other people, but I've seen God at work in my life. And so because he can draw on his experiences, he moves forward when everybody else backs up. Experience. Okay, so does that mean that if you have defeated with your bare hands a lion, then you can do anything for God? Is that, do we all need to go out and be lion tamers, right? Or does that mean that any positive experience, any victory is what God can use? Well, no. It's all of our experiences in this life. As good as David's experiences were, lion and bear and giant, Joseph, remember Joseph? His experiences were that bad. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold as a slave. His own, the owner, his master's wife, took advantage of him, lied about him, and had him sent to prison. And then he was in prison, and he was doing kind things for people, and the guy said, I'll remember you, and he forgot him. So it's more than a decade of just negative, 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 negative experiences. And finally, Joseph is confronting these brothers again who betrayed him. He's finally risen to be second in command in in all of Egypt, and he forgives them. And they can't believe it. And so he explains how he heard God's voice in that time, and he says, what you meant for evil, you know, all those experiences that I went through, God used for good. And so... I need to forgive you. And so the Joseph that we see after all of those experiences as a leader is not the arrogant, self-centered, you know, lack of humility kid that we see in the beginning because he went through those experiences with God. And through those negative experiences, God is speaking to him, God is shaping him, God is teaching him. Here's the kind of leader you become. And so I would say to us that it's not just the good experiences, not just the time you beat a lion or you beat a bear or you overcame some great sin or obstacle, but it's also the darkness you've walked through, the betrayals that God has seen you through, the times when you really messed up, but you sought forgiveness. All of our experiences, when we give them to the Lord, all of them become the way that we hear his voice and have the courage to move forward. So I'd ask you, what prayers have you prayed that God has answered? What lions have you faced? What betrayals have you seen, has God seen you through? That is one of the ways God gives you to hear his voice so that you won't be afraid. David didn't face down Goliath only because he read in the Bible that God was stronger. He didn't face Goliath only because he knew in his head God is stronger than this giant or only because he knew other people. Well, Moses was really great and Joshua was really great. No, adding into all of those, David mixed his own experience, that I have this personal encounter with God, that God has been active in my life. I've seen him at work. And so I'm going. As God has been with me in the past, God will be with me in the future. 
experience. So I'll tell you about experience in my life, how I've listened and, and God has used experience. And this story, some of y'all have heard me tell before, but it's of the time when I was called to be a pastor. That was not an easy call for me. I, I, I had other things I thought I was going to do, be a faithful Christian while doing other things. And um, I remember this one day, I was 18 years old, I was in college, and I was at church on Sunday morning. And the pastor, a Methodist pastor, issued a very rare Methodist altar call. That's cheating in my mind, because Methodists don't usually do that. He issued an altar call, and he said, if anyone is being called to anything, I want you to come to the front of the church and tell the whole congregation what God is calling you to do. I was like, nope. I am, y'all may not know this, but I am a very shy person. I never stood up to speak in front of anybody. I definitely was not at 18 years old going to walk up to the front of a church of 500 people and tell them that I thought God was calling me to be a pastor. So I just said, God, you know what I'm, want, what you're calling me to and that we're still exploring that and I'm good. And God said, I need you to go. And I said, no. <laughs> and I'll tell you what got me moving. Is, um, I began, we were singing the closing hymn, and that was the time to walk up. And God began to speak to me about experience. I began to remember all the things that God had done for me. I remembered when I was at my most broken as a teenager, my lowest, my most sinful, that the thing God said to me was, I love you. I remembered that when I was a child, probably fifth or sixth grade, I wanted to teach younger kids. I wanted to be a Sunday school teacher. And that God brought this pastor in my church alongside of me to believe in me. And so I went to the training with all the adults. I remembered that. I remembered how when my parents were getting divorced and I was little and I would cry alone in my room, how God's love surrounded me. I remembered all of these experiences, just 18 years worth of experiences of God's love and provision and the things that God had done for me. And in that moment, I realized like Bob Dylan did, right? this is all you've done for me, what can I do for you? I realize that it, God has done this much for me, and if I cannot be brave enough to get out of my seat and walk to the front of the church, what's my faith about? And so I did, and I'll tell you, the speaking of that call and having everyone staring at me was one of the worst things I've had to do in my life. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden I loved it. No, I hated every minute of that. But the thing that happened is after I walked up and everyone came and shook my hand and I thought I was going to die, um, the campus minister came over and he was a pastor to students and he connected me with other students who had been called into ministry and there's a Wesley Foundation and I got connected there because he saw me and he never would have saw me, seen me if I had stayed in the back. Y'all, that's where I met my husband at that campus ministry. And that's how I found friends and other people who were called. And I don't know where I would be today. 
I don't know who I would be today if my experiences of God's love hadn't gotten me out of my seat. And so when I think about experience, I think, well, it's only grown from there. I put that experience in my list for the hard times. I remember, man, I did that really hard thing. I stood up and I said something in front of an entire church, right? I need that every week to remember that, to remember that God did something great with that. I remember um, so much. Every note you send me, that says a word that I spoke to you or a time I visited you or, or, or some, something I said in a sermon, if you say it changed your life, I save it. I remember that twice in my life, the doctors have said that the babies I was carrying would die and how God saw me through. I remember prayer walking this campus, y'all. I remember the great things we've done. So I remember prayer walking this campus and stopping, remember when the sidewalk to the gym just stopped? It just stopped and it was empty grass? I'd go there and pray all the time because it felt like the edge of what God had done and, and what was yet to come. And I didn't think there'd necessarily be anything there, but I'd pray at the edge. And so every time I walk now the campus and I walk over that seam, I remember what we've done together. I remember that when we decided to build the gym and we're, we're dreaming this and we, we've got this huge God-sized dream and, and all of y'all said to me, we want to do this without debt, but we don't want a capital campaign. I said, can we do that? Well, let's see. And I told every pastor in the conference, hey, you know, they'd say reports, what are you doing? Oh, well, we're doing this thing. They're like, that'll never work. I take them on tours of our gym now. And I tell them, our church built it debt-free. I put that into the experience of the great things that God can do. All the things that we've been able to do to move up in our giving from less than 1% to 10% to outreach to all these incredible mission things that we're doing and all the ways we're changing the world. I, I remember those things so that on the hard days, I won't give up. When the giants shout at me, you're never going to win. You can never prevail against the darkness in the world. I won't step back. I'll step forward and I say, God can do it. God's done it in the past. When the whispers are, well, your church is, what can your church do? It's too small. No. Think of the great things we've done. And so I'd ask you, my friends, this is such a powerful way to hear from God what is your story? How has God been with you? What prayers have been answered? What, what courageous steps have you taken? What darkness has God seen you through? God calls us to remember those things. To remember them to let them fuel and put fire in our hearts so that when the giant shouts, when the lion roars, when the bear is snarling, we won't give up. Remember, the God who has been with us in the past is with us right now. And we'll have the courage like David to step forward and say, I'll go. Let's pray.
God, I thank you for this very personal witness that you give us. That added into your story of your greatness in the Bible and the witness of great people in the past and the intellect that you give us, you stir in that very real experience of you into our lives. And that puts the fire in our hearts and that gives us courage when we might be weak otherwise. And so, Lord, help us all, each of us individually, to recall right now the ways that you have worked in our lives. The victories. The prayers you've answered. The deep darkness that could have swallowed us. But you were there. Help us, Lord, as we face whatever the days ahead bring to remember not only that you have worked in the lives of other people, but that you've worked in our lives. And may we have the courage to step forward, Lord, when others fall back because we believe that you are here with us right now. Amen.